Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and if you've been following our podcast or watching our blog for any period of time, you know that really my whole mission is to bring you along on my own journey to continuously try and improve my own skills when it comes to tactical firearms training, survival training, and self-defense. And that means really bringing on a network of experts. We have over 100 experts in our network, and you'll find them as guests on our podcast, but it's also to allow you to learn from my own personal experience as a combat veteran in civil unrest and living through disasters, and the lessons I've learned through that. But then also, it's learning from my own screw-ups. And believe me, there's a lot of them. I learn from them, and I try to share them with you as well. And a trip into the backcountry this past week with my son, is going to give me a few extra tips to give you that hopefully you can learn from my lessons. So check this out now. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And this past week, I went on a once-in-a-lifetime, well, hopefully it's not once-in-a-lifetime, but it's the first time my son and I have really taken, like, this true backcountry trip, just the two of us, out into the wild with no other resources around us, no support around us, and it was a canoe trip. I'll tell you, it was up in the Adirondack Mountains in between a, a couple of lakes, so in between Long Lake and Tupper Lake. And it's just a small river. It's about 25 miles or so of river that just snakes in and around the mountains. It's a really small river. Uh, there's a set of falls a little ways into it that you've got a portage around and things like that. But um, So it's it's a really good like father-son trip. If you're ever looking for a trip like that with your, with your, with your son or your daughter or whatever, it's just an amazing trip. It's like just absolute gorgeous, untouched wilderness. It's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. But there's also some additional... Benefits to it, there's shelters along the way, so there's lean-tos there if you need extra shelter or something like that. And this time going into the trip, my son and I really planned it out. Uh, we were, we were, we had a really solid plan going into it. And we were watching the weather. And, uh, one of the things, so I've got basically five things here. Five things that worked well or didn't work so well that I think you'll you'll find either amusing or helpful when it comes to your own survival planning. Okay, so number one was what I tell everybody. There's a military there's a military slogan that says basically embrace the suck. You probably heard that before, right? It's like and I and I can vouch for this. You know, being in the military, I was in the, I was in the army for ten years, the infantry, and it was something where. You know, sometimes you find yourself, it's miserable, you're cold, you're freezing cold, you're wet, you're going through swamps, you're, you're waist deep or neck deep in, in a swamp trying to trudge through, and you know it's going to be miserable, and it is miserable, but the thing is, you don't have a choice, right? It's not like you can just raise your hand and have an exit strategy there, like you're stuck in it. So there's nothing to do, that you can do except to just live with it and embrace it. 
And when you embrace it, that's what helps you mentally get over the miserable feeling that you're going through. But I have another saying that goes on top of that, which is seek the suck. Now, so this is lesson number one. We're going to, you'll hear me say this a lot, but it's to really put yourself out there and force yourself into situations that are going to be less than comfortable. And you can ease into this. You don't need to just dive right straight smack dab into something and just, you know, get dropped off in a helicopter in the middle of nowhere with no food or water or anything. You don't need to do that. But to find ways that you can stretch that, that boundary of comfort that you have to be able to get used to adverse conditions. So my son and I really embraced that this time, or actually we seek that this time, and we looked at the weather, and sure enough, there were there was some bad weather that was coming to the area that we were in. In fact, it had a bunch of bad weather before that. The river had been up. It was just plagued with mosquitoes because of all the wet weather in the area, and there were going to be some, some storms that were coming through. Now, we could have put off our trip another day, and we could have had better weather, but we decided to stick with our same plan and go out there on a day where the initial day was going to be stormy. We had lightning. We had rain. We had all this stuff going on. And I'll tell you, we got wet. There were times that we had to, uh, in fact, we, the very first part of our trip, we had to canoe nine miles across a lake. And that was just the first day. It was very rough, very rigorous. We had a storm that was chasing us the whole time. We had storms that were just off the lake sometimes. But then they would sometimes come on the lake and force us off where we had to quickly find a way to get shelter, to be able to stay as dry as possible. And then sometimes we just had to, you know, in order for us to make our first destination, we really just had to get wet, stay inside the canoe and just paddle our ass off to be able to get to that first set. Now, that was it was physically rigorous. It was miserable because we were wet. Um, but the whole point of it was that we were forcing ourselves into adverse conditions and chalk it up to my son. There was no grumbling. He didn't complain about being wet or anything. He was really focused on the mission. I was very proud of him. And it, but the, the whole point was that he really, really stuck it out. I was very happy for him. For me, I'm used to being wet and miserable. So it was no real big deal for me, but it allowed me to take my son and put him in those adverse conditions because anytime that you're in a survival scenario, you know what? You're really challenged by the weakest link in your group. So if you have somebody that is constantly complaining or whining or doesn't want to doesn't want to put in their fair share of work or support or just wants to be taken care of and just roll up in a ball and be miserable, well, that's going to hold everybody back, right? So having your family or the people that you would normally be either sheltering with or bugging out with and putting them in slightly adverse conditions to be able to start off and then working your way up is going to make you much more prepared when it comes to a survival scenario. Okay, so lesson number one, once again, seek the suck. Okay, all right, lesson number two from our trip was really in the times that we were uh, we were forced off into be able to get shelter very quickly. What made that very possible, because sometimes storms come in rapidly, right? Or sometimes you need to be able to access certain gear very quickly. And not many people really put a lot of effort into or thought into how you organize your bug out bag. Now, with us, we had our X Bobs. So if you've ever had our, if you ever, if you have one of our extreme bug out bags out there, um, that's what, that's what we use. Uh, we designed it for organization structure. Uh, we have a certain way that we organize our gear. We have a certain way that we pack our gear. We have certain gear that we put in there and all that's included with the extreme bug out bag package. And, so this was really helpful 
because the time that, like, let's say we were on the lake and the storm quickly came on and there was lightning happening, we had to get off the lake really quickly. The, storm, the water was coming down. We had the very, the whole point is to try and straight, stay dry as much as possible. Now, summertime, it's not that big of a deal. You get wet, you get wet, right? However, if it's colder weather, it can really be a life-threatening situation. So you've got to stay as dry as possible. So if you're fumbling through your bug out bag and trying to find your gear and you're not sure where it is, you're pulling it all out and that stuff's getting all wet. Well, one thing with, with our bag, it is a waterproof, it's a waterproof fabric. So it's literally waterproof. It's one of the few, I don't know, I don't, I don't know of any other bags that are out there that are actually waterproof, but they're probably, there maybe there is, but RX Bob uses waterproof fabric. And so that helped keep our stuff dry, but it was the organization that we had. So I knew since the storms were in the area and the way that I organize everything is I've got one of our eight inch Molly tactical pouches that's on the outside of our, of our X-Bob. And as soon as I zipper that open, what's right on top there is my poncho, my military poncho that I use for my shelter. And right underneath that are the bungee cords that I have. So we were able to very quickly get the canoe up on the side of the, uh, the lake. I quickly pulled that out put it over us, took a couple of bungee cords, wrapped it around some trees, and just created a very, very fast lean-to that allowed us to keep all of our stuff dry while we were uh, waiting for the storm to, to go past. Eventually, we ended up getting wet anyway. Once we got back in the canoe, we just had to press it forward. However, having that stuff available can quickly get you into going from adverse conditions to ideal conditions to at least be able to stay dry, warm, and things like that. But it's all about in how you actually organize your stuff. So you've got to really think about organization. I'll give you one other example here that in the other, uh, another one of our uh, tactical pouches is all of our cooking gear and our camp gear. So it's anything that I need as far as utility stuff. So for example, I have a, a bug out stove in there and I'll talk about this here in just a little bit, but I have everything in there that if I need to quickly get a fire going or if I need to quickly get food going, I don't want to stay in one place very often, especially if I'm bugging out. So I want my stuff readily accessible. I don't want to go fumbling around for it. So I have a certain way that I pack my, my bug out bag and uh, we have a, a a, a diagram for it that goes with our extreme bug out bag and things like that. But you really need to think about how you organize your gear for fast access and when you're going to need it. Okay. Uh, number three was um, basically our, our, one of our most challenging roles out there or one of the most challenging tasks that we had was being able to build a fire. And one thing I brought with us, or we each had our, had our own guardian machete. Now, many of you probably already have a guardian machete. This is our custom design machete that we have out there. It is literally the best machete on the face of the planet. It's custom designed for not only for survival, not only for urban survival, because it cuts through metal, it comes through, cuts through stone, cement, um, and, but it's also designed for combat. So our, you know, we've got our combat machete system. We designed it specifically for combat as well. But the thing is, the thing is a beast. And we have, I have put this thing up against other machetes that are out, that are out there from brand name machetes that are out there from the finest knife making companies that are out there all the way up to my military machete that I carried with me, even in combat. But the guardian machete has just beat them all. And when I took it out into, when I take it out into the wilderness, like I did here, you know, being able to find wood, any of the wood that was on the ground, a lot of it was just too waterlogged from all the rain that we had 
to be able to really start a fire very quickly. Now, there are ways of starting a fire that, you know, with, with wet stuff, but it's very, very difficult. And when you want to get warm and dry, especially in adverse conditions, you've got to find dry wood as fast as possible. And the Guardian machete, I've used other machetes and I've used axes and, and hatchets and things like that. There, there's just nothing that just eats through wood. I mean, if it'll eat through, it'll, if it'll eat through steel, then it, it just goes through wood very, very easily. So I can tell you the machete, uh, our Guardian machete made getting wood so much easier than I've ever had before. This is the first time I've really taken it out into the wilderness for several days and just had to rely on it. And I'm telling you, it just, it blitzed through wood and it allowed us to get really good logs, help us to split logs and, and, uh, keep a fire going to be able to dry out. Again, we were wet that first day. What got us going was being able to build a fire that evening and dry out our boots and our, and our clothes and things like that. So, um, definitely don't underestimate the power of the machete when it comes to a survival scenario. And the right machete is going to fare much better for you. Um, highly recommend our Guardian. Now we are on, these things sell out like crazy. We've been on back order now for about a month and a half. Thank you everybody that's out there that has already ordered one. And as I back order, they are coming in here in a couple of weeks. So uh, in a few weeks, so uh, be, be able to stand by. If you don't have one when they come back in, I'll let you know. But there's just nothing better out there. So uh, really, really happy with the Guardian machete out there. Okay, uh, tip number four here um, really comes down to planning for the worst when it comes to your essentials. Okay, so for shelter, I had that with us, right? Very easy to pull out a tarp and just put it up. Much easier than trying to make some sort of a lean-to in the rain when everything's coming down and you're trying to fashion a whole bunch of you know, twigs and stuff like that. So it's good to have your shelter with you, um, some sort of very small but uh, and, and lightweight rain gear so that you can do all this stuff. You know, if you want to bring a 50-gallon garbage bag with you and use that as rain gear, good for you. They don't work as well as like frog togs or something like that. That's lightweight, but that can that can really keep you warm. Um, so all that that stuff we had with us, food we had with us. Okay, we were, we weren't out there foraging for plants or anything like that. We brought um, our my food for patriots gear. We always take the 72-hour kit with us, so we have the food that we need. I bring extra some extra stuff with us as well, but I bring that that out there. So food we had with us, shelter had with us, water was easy to take care of. We have our with our XBob bug out bag system. People also get our inline water filter as well as the water, the two-liter water bag that goes with it. Makes it super easy. Just scoop that up. It doesn't matter how murky or how cruddy the water is. We always had water there. It's got a little hang-up feature, so we had that right in the camp each time. So it was easy to get water. It was easy to filter water. We never had to worry about purifying it or boiling it, waiting for it, or anything like that. So all that was fine. But as I said before, fire was the one thing that you can bring a way to build a fire with you. You can bring a lighter with you. You can bring a fire starter with you. But Mother Nature has a way of really screwing you sometimes when it comes to making a fire. And there were times where we needed a fire and it was pouring down rain. Now, I'll tell you, um, it was a matter of, okay, if we were dry and if I needed to build a fire just for food, well, that's not something I really want to spend that much effort and time with. So um, planning for the worst, in other words, if I could not build a fire in the rain, 
Then what I did bring with us, I had as a backup, was my bug-out stove. Now, I have a, a bug-out stove from Survival Frog, who's a, the, guy, the owner there is a friend of mine. I love their equipment. They've got a lot of great stuff. You've seen me promote them on our, on our, on our blog before and send out emails for it. And it's because they have, they, have, they have survival gear that I actually carry with me. And their bug-out stove and the heat tabs are one of those things that I make sure that I always have. Because in just one heat tab, I can boil water. So I have my canteen cup there. It goes on top of the bug-out stove. I have one heat tab that boils the water. I put in my Food for Patriots uh, food inside of the water. Put another heat tab if I want to keep it going, if I want to like simmer for another 10 to 15 minutes or so. And boom, I'm done. So I can tell you that if you're dry inside of a shelter, if you made a lean-to out of your, your tarp, um, if you do, you know, getting a... Getting a fire going may be impossible, so you want to have a backup. I won't say impossible, but really, really super hard or take too much effort, um, especially if time is of the essence. Having that little bug-out stove, which is super small, but it works out really, really well. So I highly recommend having this inside of your bug-out bag. Again, I put this in one of the 8-inch pouches on the outside of my X-Bob, and we're good to go. Bug-out stove, heat tabs, you're done. And it's, and it's a, it's a trust me, it is a... Um, it is definitely a, a little luxury that doesn't weigh anything. It's super cheap that you're definitely going to want to have with you. Okay. All right. Uh, tip number five here comes from my own screw up and I never, I didn't follow my own advice and any gear that you have, any gear that you buy, and you'll see that there's lots to choose from, right? There's lots of gear out there. And what we always tell everybody is like, look, don't, don't count on this gear. Being First of all, don't count on it being everything that it says that it is or that it's advertised to be. Okay, so um, we always test everything before. If, if, it's a, if it's something I'm putting out there as this is something really cool or this is what I use, it's because I use it. And one of the things that I've seen that's out there that's common stuff when it comes to survival gear that I've found really inferior products are one, like those rope saws, right? So you find those little rope saws. Um, I've never really found one that works really well for cutting wood. I mean, I have a machete anyway, and to me that works better, but if you're trying to saw through, a, you know, like saw down a tree or something like that, do you ever use those rope saws after about three zips through? A lot of those times they just, they just break on you. They're made very cheaply, right? Same thing with entrenching tools. So, uh, an e-tool, which is those basically foldable shovels, I still have mine from the Army, and it still is rock solid. I've dug so many foxholes with that thing. I've chopped wood with that thing because it has a you know the ability to chop wood with it as well. It's not ideal, but it helps in a pinch, right? Well, I wanted another one for my son, and I ordered one off of Amazon, and this was a really cheap one. That came from China, and it looks just like the one that I have from, from the Army days, but it doesn't stay locked up. Like, it doesn't stay sturdy. You have to keep tightening it down after just a couple of swings or after a couple of shovels. And it really sucks to have to have this wobbly entrenching tool that you're trying to dig a, a foxhole with or a latrine or whatever it is and just have this inferior equipment. So you always want to test your equipment before you actually have to put it in use. So it's not one of those things where you buy survival gear, stick it in your bug out bag, and then you just let it sit there until a survival scenario. No, you want to test your equipment before you go out. Now, one of the pieces of equipment that I took with me on, or both my son and I took with me, took with us on this, on this trip was a, 
a, um, a, a new form of a hammock, a backcountry hammock. And it's from a company called AMOK or A-M-O-K. And I was going to test this out. I was going to video the test and everything for it. And what I, first of all, I like hammocks. So yes, I, I typically just have my, you know, my bug out camp. I've got my military poncho, bungee cords. I have a, um, I have a climate, actually a climate, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, inflatable mattress that I use. And, uh, it's a really super, super small one. And then I typically use for my quote unquote sleeping bag, I have a tacked bivy from Survival Frog. And that's, that's what I use. And this time, uh, I, I was in, in Panama, you can't really sleep on the ground in the jungle. And that's, I was stationed in Panama. And because of all the creepy crawlies, the snakes, the spiders, the everything else down there, you, you don't want to be on the ground sleeping. So we slept inside of hammocks. And hammocks are wonderful. I love sleeping in a hammock. I take a little nap in my hammock every single day. Um, but after a while, be with your back bowed like that, it can be pretty uncomfortable. So it's kind of hard to sleep all night long. And in a survival scenario especially, you want to make sure you get as good a night's sleep as possible. Well, with the AMOC hammock, I think it's the very first hammock ever that you can lay flat in. And it ha the way that it works is it, um, it doesn't, you don't, you don't set yourself up, uh, between like the two trees, like, like you're facing tree to tree, like a normal hammock does. It actually, you're, you're positioned like 90 degree angle from where you're set up between the trees. And then it has this system of, of pulleys or, or not pulleys, but lines that stretch you out either in a seated situ a seated scenario or there's a special sleeve where you put in an inflatable mattress and then that's what makes it go completely flat. So you can literally lay flat in it, watching the videos of it and everything. You, you can lay flat in it and get a good night's sleep. Well, I took this out. I was going to do a video review of it for the company and for our magazine and I got out there and I even purchased, uh, because I'm, I'm a big fan of climate and their inflatable mattresses. And so um, they recommended certain mattresses to go inside of the AMOC hammock. AMOC did. Well, I didn't follow their advice. So I figured, you know what, I have a climate ha uh, climate inflatable mattress that will, should work in this. So I'm going to use that. It was the right dimensions and everything. So we got out there. I went to go hook. I hooked up the hammock, put inside the climate inflatable mattress and went and laid down in it and it did not lay flat at all. In fact, it made things even worse because the way that it was situated and everything, basically I had this rope right underneath my lower back and it basically bowed my back the opposite way that you normally would be in a hammock. So it, it just did not work out. I did not follow their advice, but more importantly, I did not test my equipment before we went out there. And now this is a little bit bigger piece of equipment. It's not something that's going to fit inside of an 8-inch uh, Molly tactical pouch on the side of my bug-out bag. So this was something I took and I strapped to the outside using the Molly pouches and everything. They, they actually, their system of, of their, their, um, uh, their stuff sack and everything works really well with our, with our X-Bob and, and the way that our straps are and everything. It actually connected really well to our bags. But, it was extra equipment that I didn't need to bring with me. It was really of no use to me because I couldn't use it the way that I should have been able to use it because I didn't test it. And so lesson learned, I screwed up and I ended up having to carry this stuff with me. You know, anytime that we were hiking or doing anything that we had our bags on us, 
it was it was just extra weight that did not need to be there. And as you know, I'm an ultralight packer, so I like to go ultralight. This was trying to see if it was really worth the extra poundage that goes on side of our bag for survival purposes. So lesson learned, I will test all of my equipment. I say that now. <laughs> there might be there might be another podcast in the future where I'm telling you about my next screw up where I didn't test equipment. But this is one of those things where lesson learned uh, learn from my lesson. Make sure that you have anything packed inside of your bug out bag right now that you have not personally tested. If you've not personally brought it out and tried to use it, whether that's an entrenching tool or whatever it is, make sure that you get out there and actually use it and make sure that it lives up to its reputation or what you need it to do inside of a survival scenario. Okay. All right. Well, those are kind of the top five lessons learned from the, from the trip that I just took with my son. Uh, again, go check out that trip between uh, Long Lake and Tupper Lake. It's it's probably one of the most incredible trips that's out there. I'd love to hear about any trips that you think would be a great hiking trip as well. Um, I'm planning for next year with my son. I'd love to get your input as well, as well as lessons learned that you've had when you've gone out there with some sort of a remote camping experience, hiking, canoeing, whatever it is. What are some of the screw-ups that you've had? What did you learn from them? Go ahead and make sure you leave those on our blog over at moderncombatandsurvival.com over at this podcast. I look forward to reading your stories, your lessons learned, so that I can learn from your mistakes as well. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.